Hi, welcome to the Healthy Moms Podcast with Katie from wellnessmama.com. Today, Katie again talks to clinical nutritionist and founder of thewholejourney.com and the Gut Thrive in 5 program, Krista Arecchio. Krista is a TEDx speaker, author, and TV host who has helped thousands of people reclaim their health. Krista mentions bone broth as part of her protocol in this episode, and she and Katie both consume bone broth daily. Until May 30th, you can get 5% off organic pre-made bone broth from The Brothery, Krista and Katie's recommended bone broth resource. Simply go to wellnessmama.com forward slash broth and use the code wellnessmama5. If you struggle with infertility or gut health issues, Krista has also offered a free copy of her Food as Medicine ebook that includes 180 original recipes. To get a copy of this free resource, join our community at wellnessmama.com forward slash podcast. Let's join Katie and Krista as they discuss gut health, the microbiome, and how these can affect your immune system. Krista, welcome back. We had you last in the last episode to talk about fertility and optimizing for pregnancy. And this episode is going to be all about the microbiome, which is one of my favorite topics to talk about. I always try to drag my friends into top, to talking about it at like dinner parties and it doesn't go over so well. So I'm excited that we have time just to talk about the microbiome. So um, to start off, let's kind of give us an overview. What is the microbiome? When someone says that, what are we talking about? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, you and I can totally geek out together on this because I am fascinated by it. So we hear a lot about leaky gut and all kinds of digestive issues, but really the new model for cellular healing is what's called the microbiome, and that is the combined genetic material of all of the organisms inside of the gut. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about the gut microbiome, but we really have seven different microbiomes in the human body. And that's just anywhere in and on us that there are microbes. And really, we have 10 times more of these microbial cells than we do have human cells. And so when we can really genuinely understand the microbiome and create harmony between our human cells and our microbial cells, the entirety of life and health changes. It's just so transformative. You really have to start to understand that particular genetic code. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think you're right. Most people just think of the gut when they hear microbiome, but we have to realize we really are um, bacterial organisms in a sense, and we have microbiomes on our skin and in our mouth and they're just all over our body. So, And it's so fascinating because I feel like even with all that we know now, we're only kind of starting to scratch the surface of, I think, what we're eventually going to know about the microbiome. Um, so you mentioned this being the new model for the long-term healing. Why is that? And let's delve into that a little bit more. Why is the microbiome so important? Well, I guess I want to kind of take it all the way back to my favorite guy, Hippocrates, which is the father of natural medicine. And 3,000 years ago, he said, all disease begins in the gut, which was 
uh, quite astute because just now, 3,000 years later in functional medicine circles, is this really starting to get out with people and to say, hey, if all disease begins in the gut, which means if we can really heal the gut and understand the, the genetic perspective of the microbiome, we can heal the rest of the body. And so when we're, we, we really know that each, each person's physiology is as unique to them as their fingerprint. And so, so much of that, you know, stems from the gut. So this is a way to really address bio-individuality at its best. And that in and of itself is a new model for healing. But I want to kind of break down what most people suffer with so we can kind of give a new perspective on this because I think we're trained to think about the symptoms when whenever we have digestive problems or immune problems whether that is direct digestive problems like bloating or gas or constipation or stomach pain or whether it's things that most people or general in the traditional medical model we wouldn't see that are connected to the gut or the microbiome like headaches and joint pain and skin issues and even you know anxiety and depression those are a lot of symptoms everything comes down to this harmony or disharmony within the microbial world and so if we really want to start to shift the state of mind, we have to look at rejuvenating the digestive system from this cellular perspective and resetting the immune system towards its highest potential. And that's what you do when you address the microbiome. So you get to drop the traditional, we look about the disease state, right? In the traditional medical model, we have a collection of symptoms. There's a root cause underlying them, but we give the diagnosis, whether that be Crohn's or colitis or Hashimoto's or alopecia. And then even in the natural world, maybe we don't identify so much with a diagnosis in the naturopathic world, but we identify with the bugs. You know, we have people say, oh, I have candida. I have blastocystis hominis, which is a protozoa. I have an H. pylori infection or I have a virus Epstein-Barr and we focus on the bugs and both focusing on the bugs or the disease state or even the symptoms is a myopic approach because it's about focusing on that entire picture like you said which is the gut microbiome this is the collective set of genes of all those microbes whether that be bacteria fungus yeast protozoa viruses everything that's living inside of your digestive system and the coolest thing in the world, Katie, is like you said, we have multiple microbiomes. We have the skin, the nose, the mouth, the esophagus, the lungs, and the genitals in addition to the gut. But when you heal the gut and you rejuvenate the gut microbiome, your immune system is brilliant. It is so smart that now the body learns to replicate this new powerful genetic code unique to you, it can replicate it in the other six microbiomes, which I think is the coolest thing in the world. And that's why when you heal the gut, chronic sinus infections go away. Or when you heal the gut, that eczema and psoriasis can finally start to clear up. Or when you heal the gut, recurring vaginal yeast infections start to go away. Or you don't get bronchitis every time you get sick anymore because the lung microbiome is now smarter and much more well-informed.
Yeah, it's so fascinating. And I think thanks to maybe even just yogurt commercials, most people have a basic understanding that probiotics kind of work in the gut and that that's an important connection. But it really goes so much beyond just probiotics and just even like good bacteria and bad bacteria. Um, and I know that you've done a lot of research on this. So can you delve into the the different kind of bugs that make up the microbiome and why it's so important to keep them balanced? And what does that balance look like? Totally. Yeah, I would love to. So if we break our three different kinds of bacteria in the microbiome up, we would call them symbiotic or good bugs. We call them pathogenic or bad bugs. And then I call the third type commensal or neutral. And so if we relate this to a community, the symbiotic microorganisms, those are the good guys. Those are the pillars of the community. They build nice homes. They have, you know, rejuvenation projects. They're cleaning up the streets and they're contributing to living peacefully in society. And we really need those symbiotic bugs to be, to be present in the right amount. And a lot of us, we have a general problem, or I would say an epidemic in society, of a lack of biodiversity within the colon and a lack of these symbiotic microorganisms because of the proliferation of over antibiotic use. You know, we have about 55 million unnecessary antibiotic prescriptions every single year. We have more stress than we've had. We have genetically modified foods. We're eating more sugar, drinking more alcohol, all these things that can kill these really important symbiotic microorganisms. But when we have enough, this really employs the one plus one equals three mentality. And so that's going to be really important to get those balanced. And we want to have about 85% good bugs and only 15% bad bugs or pathogenic bugs. A lot of us kind of have that ratio flipped in today's society and if you're going to go back to the community example, your pathogenic microorganisms are kind of the riffraff of the community. Maybe they're, you know, putting up graffiti and maybe they're doing certain things. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because they can add flair and depth and culture, which translates to challenging the immune system, keeping it strong. It's like the immune system gets to lift weights to stay on guard and protect you. But if there's too many of them, they can then bring down the entire neighborhood and they start to feel threatened, then what they do is they try to build forts and homes. And we call those things biofilms where they're protecting themselves and it makes them makes it harder for us to get rid of them. And then we have the neutral microorganisms. And these are kind of the, the bacteria, people call them commensal because they're not good or bad necessarily, but they are in there taking up valuable real estate. And they could really go either way depending upon the influence exerted upon them. I like to refer to them as impressionable teenagers. And so um, that's really the balance of, of what makes up our community, but really what's in there is that we have a combination of viruses and bacteria and protozoa and parasites and fungus and proteins. So if you've ever had, let's say, chickenpox as a kid, you have the cytomegalovirus in your body. If you've ever had mono, you have the Epstein-Barr virus in your body. You know, they say half the population has either cold sores or herpes in the body. If you've had the flu, a lot of times the flu is viral. And so it's not bad that we have these things within our body. We can use them to our advantage when they are taken care of appropriately. 
you know, and then we all have bacteria. If anybody's had a urinary tract infection or food poisoning or strep throat, um, there's a lot of people with Lyme disease out there. And then we move to fungus with yeast infections and ringworm and nail fungus and candida. And we move to protozoa where, you know, there's any manner of gerardia or blasto and then parasites. And it's very easy for the body to pick up parasites when the chips are low and the immune system's down. I mean, Lots of ways, just having, you know, kissing your dog or sleeping in the bed with your cat. Or, you know, if you eat sushi consistently, there's just there's a lot of ways that we can pick this up. And so we can all benefit from microbiome rejuvenation as just a way to strengthen the entire system. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the, the perspective of having it in balance because I think I've seen kind of two camps when it comes to gut health. There's those that think maybe it's just probiotics and taking probiotics will fix it. But then I've also seen people on the other extreme that are into what I would think is too much cleansing and too many supplements that they're trying to kill every bad bacteria. And like you said, it's it's not that you don't want to have any of those more harmful type of pathogenic bacteria in the gut, but you need them in a balance. And so I think like all things in health, that's really important to remember the balance side and not to take it too far in either direction. Um, and another thing that's really fascinating with the gut, and I think we're eventually going to find more and more of the guts, almost like a fingerprint, like you said, and we can find out so much about someone by their gut bacteria. But we do know right now, so many things can influence the gut bacteria and gut health. So what are some things in someone's personal or medical history that could influence the expression of their gut bacteria? Well, there's so many things that can influence. And it was kind of like when I, when I just talked about, if you've had if you've had chicken pox, if you've had mono, how many times you've had the flu, like these are all part of your personal health history. If you got Montezuma's revenge in Mexico that one time, or for me, it was Africa. You know, these are, these are things where people, they think, oh, I took some antibiotics and that was eight years ago and I'm fine, but maybe they never actually got it in balance or you really have to look like, for example, myself, you know, I first got into gut health with candida because I was a cesarean baby. I was not breastfed. My father was in pharmaceuticals. I had more antibiotics than you can imagine by the age of six. I was immune to amoxicillin. I had to move to the heavy hitters. And so I had no immune system. And, you know, by the time I was in my teenage years and I kind of lost my teenage years and my 20s and I had raging candida overgrowth, which wasn't recognized by the traditional medical community, which took me a really long time to sort that out for myself, but also had adrenal fatigue and thyroid disorders. And so I have people come to me with similar stories of, you know, I kind of lost the last 15 years and I can't quite pinpoint where or when or what happened. And and so it's really looking to see, okay, what are these turning points in someone's health history? Because everybody has a, um, a pathogenic bent, if you will, where people are more prone to having their bacteria out of balance. Some people like myself are more prone to having the yeast and fungal imbalance and others are more prone to protozoa and parasite imbalance. And so it's really kind of looking at your whole um, health history throughout your life to see where which one of those three imbalances your body is susceptible for and then rejuvenating it from there. 
Yeah, that makes so much sense as well. And I know I can trace my own gut infections. Um, I didn't have, or I was born vaginally and I was breastfed, but I had recurrent ear infections and strep throat when I was little. And so like you, I had had, I mean, probably dozens or hundreds of rounds of antibiotics by the time I was five and had my tonsils removed and my adenoids removed, which now we know are also part of the microbiome. So it's kind of sad looking back, um, had tubes in my ears, all of that. And like having my tonsils out helped and I was able to stop taking the antibiotics and things, but I can definitely see it in hindsight, how that was really changed my health at that point. Um, and then I had struggled ever since then. And so finally getting my gut back into balance has been a really big factor for me in that. Um, and it, seeing the research, sometimes it's hard not to get discouraged when you read things like, you know, when you take one round of antibiotics, your gut bacteria can either be permanently altered or it takes 10 years to recover. There are so many different opinions. Um, but it is encouraging that it is possible to really undo a lot of that damage if you're focused enough. Um, and I see that a lot in, in different people, like you said, that had that kind of health crisis moment, or it was a gradual health crisis, and then they had to kind of undo the damage. And you actually have a whole program on this, and it's amazing. And um, I'll make sure I link to it in the show notes. My husband's actually going through it now for a secondary infection related to having his appendix removed um, years ago. But you have a whole five-step process that really rejuvenates the microbiome and the immune system. Um, and I would love if you could... Give us an overview of that and explain how you take people through these five steps to really kind of overhaul the whole microbiome. Yeah, I would love to. I would um, love to. And so the whole idea of overhauling the microbiome, this and, and we had just talked about it in the last podcast, is really getting this whole new epigenetic directive. And now we have this field of turning on or off switches for disease within the body. And we understand that when we can improve the microbiome, we can reset our genetic code, which allows us to reach our higher genetic potential, which I just think is so exciting. And so the five steps that I've developed that help rejuvenate the microbiome, step number one is slashing inflammation. You have to take the fuel off the fire. I, I have heard Tom O'Brien say that more times than I can count, but really it's everything. You have to identify the inflammation set point within the digestive tract and you have to start to really clean that up. I just think, imagine your intestinal tract, your small intestine all red and inflamed and we want to take a cooling vacuum cleaner and clean things up and leave everything calm and soothed. That's really important to kind of set the tone for everything. And at the same time, because we all have a unique health history and there's a lot of things we've been through, our digestive organs are probably pretty tired. So the pancreas, the gallbladder, the liver, and the cells in the stomach called the parietal cells that produce hydrochloric acid. So what we want to do is we want to use the proper type of enzymes that are going to give those organs a break. So we kind of send them on vacation, give them what they need so they don't have to do too much work while they're healing so that way when we do call them back to action they're really ready to give it their all so in terms of you know slashing inflammation that's very important using the right other types of enzymes to clean up old molecules of gluten and dairy is very important and then also certain enzymes that are going to clean up the blood of these pathogenic um, activity the proteins in the pathogens that are, that are in the blood proteolytic enzymes really work well with that and we want to break down those biofilms i talked about that the pathogens build you know it 
like not in a bad way, but just like humans build homes and like to live in communities, so do pathogens. And we know now that they're not isolated and where there's one, there's many and that a yeast can live with the bacteria, can live with the heavy metal. So we want to break down those biofilms and that is all part of slashing inflammation. And of course, the diet is huge. So we're getting rid of things like gluten and dairy and sugar and alcohol and genetically modified foods. And we're adding in really supportive foods that come in and slash inflammation like turmeric and ginger. And we're really building and boosting the system with foods like bone broth and, and more vegetables and mostly cooked foods in the beginning so that you're taking the, the pressure off of the digestive system. And then, and you can jump in if you have questions here, Katie, because I could talk about this forever, but I want to make sure we get through the five steps. Um, also, really, spices work so well to slash inflammation. Like, for example, I would use a cumin, coriander, and fennel tea for so many different reasons. Like, food is medicine. Fennel is super calming to the to the small intestine. Aloe vera is super calming to the small intestine. But when you when you mix the cumin, coriander, and fennel together, they have a synergistic effect. The cumin starts to train the pancreas to produce more of its own pancreatic enzymes. This is really really true healing from the root cause. And when you're going to rejuvenate the microbiome, you want to give yourself foods to where you're cutting inflammation, but you're also preparing your body for the journey. So you're supporting your liver, you're supporting your adrenals, you're supporting your thyroid so that by the time you get to step number two, you are ready for it and your body is ready. And step number two is purging pathogens. And I like to do this in a harmless way to rid the body of this excess riffraff. We're not going to get rid of all of them. We're just going to work to create balance. And like you said, Katie, antibiotics, that's the Western way, whether antibiotics, antifungals, antivirals, immunosuppressants, it doesn't really work for sustainable health. And a lot of times in the natural model, we do that as well with high dose botanicals, heavy doses of oregano oil, heavy doses of whatever it might be. And that's kind of executing that same strategy, which is not a great model for long-term healing. And a lot of people get terrible die-off as well when these, when these pathogens, they're excreting metabolic waste. And so I remember you and I were on the way to a gathering in LA and I said to you in the car, do you know what quorum sensing is? And you were like, oh yeah. And I thought that was so cool because you talk to most people about quorum sensing and they don't know what it is. And so the way that we work when we interrupt um, the way the pathogens communicate, that's quorum sensing. It's a way, it's like a cell phone technology that all these pathogens can, can communicate with each other. Then that enables them to, at the speed of light, share their genetic code and replicate. And this is how we get way too many bad guys and not enough good guys. And so instead of attacking them, instead of killing them, you know, I think an eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. And so what we do is we interrupt quorum sensing. So we cut their cell phone communication so they can no longer talk. And if they can no longer talk, they can no longer proliferate. So now we're changing the terrain. We've got inflammation under control. Now we're interrupting the way that these pathogens communicate by using a lot of different, very powerful botanicals that work and address every single aspect of the gut and of these bacteria and viruses and protozoa. We're addressing them all. 
but it's a dose that's low enough that we don't assault them, but we're getting them out in a much more graceful way. Absolutely. And I love that. It's so fascinating. And I don't think it's widely understood yet. And so that's why I love that you incorporate that as well. And I have so many more questions and so many more things I want to delve into with you on the gut. But I want to save um, some of the questions for the next couple of episodes, because in the next one, we're really going to delve into gut infections and things like SIBO and Candida, like you mentioned, and how to overcome those using some of these techniques. And then also in the last episode with autoimmunity and leaky gut, which is a connection, I think, Thankfully, we're really starting to understand, and there's some really neat techniques people can use to improve autoimmune conditions through gut health. So I want to save my questions for those, um, and I'd encourage everybody to join us again for the next episode so we can deep dive into those a little bit more. But Krista, thank you so much for being here again and for sharing your knowledge, and we'll see you back in the next episode. Sounds great. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Moms Podcast. We hope you'll join us again next time. Remember to grab a free copy of Krista's Food as Medicine ebook with 180 recipes for gut health by going to wellnessmama.com forward slash podcast. In the show notes for this episode, you can also sign up to receive her free video series about gut health. Until May 30th, you can get 5% off organic pre-made bone broth from The Brothery, Krista and Katie's recommended bone broth resource, simply by going to wellnessmama.com forward slash broth and using the code wellnessmama5. Join us next Monday for another great episode of the Healthy Moms podcast. Have a healthy week.